What's your price to live one month a year in a college dorm building or to spend all federal holidays completely alone or to consistently inhale balloon helium whenever you speak publicly? Let's find out. Speaking of balloons, we're flying high, playing Human Values, your weekly stop for logical debates about illogical questions. Here to give each hypothetical the dialectical, put the O in comedy game show and brush your hair when you need some flair. We're your hosts, Lindsay Hicks. And Aaron Ruben Corny. Also joining us today is a hilarious and amazing and very special guest, actress, stand-up comedian, writer, and so much more, Zainab Johnson. So put on your cargo shorts and stick on your Oakleys and let's get this partay started. Beach time, baby! We have a very talented actress, a prolific writer, a fellow podcaster who's the Honest Tea with Z podcast, and a breakout personality across the board. Last Comic Standing, appearing as a series regular on Greg Daniels and Amazon's Upload, a hilarious stand-up comedian who Lindsay and I have seen at the Improv a bunch, but she's everywhere. Zainab Johnson, hello. Hey, 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 hey. Sorry. Hi, Zainab. I liked it. Hi. <laughs> I try to come in strong. It was very strong. It was. The energy is high. Feels really good right off the bat. We love it. <laughs> yeah. We need to start having like little Olympic things for how our guests come in. Like that first interaction of like, how'd it go? You tens across the board for that one, Zainab. <laughs> our first one out. You definitely did the right tuck in. You did the spin and you entered very little splash in the pool. And it was very graceful. Zainab, how have you been? I've been pretty good. I actually just returned from Montreal. I was at the Just for Last Festival for almost three whole weeks. <gasps> yeah, I did their longest running show, which was, it's called now Just for the Culture, but it used to be called The Ethnic Show. And that's their longest running show. And so I did that for the first time and it was an experience, but I'm so happy to be home. That's great. It's I'm sure it feels so good to be home after being but you tour right as a comedian. So you're you're away from your place a lot, I would assume. I am but not like for three only when I'm filming because we don't film in LA. But that's different because we film we're in apartments and things like that. So you feel like you're in another home of yours away. But at JFL, it's like three weeks, you're just in a hotel, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit different. It's probably fun to get back to it, though, after just it being on ice for a little bit. Yeah. It was nice to be a part of the return. It was not just the return. It was their 40th and 40th year anniversary. Wow. Yeah. And I've, and I've had like milestones with JFL. Like I was there as a new face in 2014. I then returned in 2019 as Variety's Top 10 to Watch. And then this year I was like a part of their longest, you know, like one of their prestige shows. I did like a, an amazing gala with Mark Marin. It was a really good experience. It's awesome. I only went the one time, but it felt so supportive. And all of the comedians there just like really rooting for each other in this like super sincere way. I mean, that was what I had perceived when I was there. Is that your experience there? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's like if Olympic Village was for comedy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or that's what it feels like. Yeah. It just feels like some someone said, I can't remember which comedian said this, but it's it's just like summer camp for comedians. Yeah. We're like all excited to see each other and hang out with one another and it's nice. Yeah, it sounds so fun. I'm so jealous. Also, Montreal is freaking cute. It is a cute city. They have never ending construction. Oh. And I found out this time around that the reason they have never ending construction is because their construction business is like corrupt. <gasps> I shouldn't say anymore for fear of my life. <laughs> <laughs> because they're like evading taxes or something or they're getting kickbacks or something? No, apparently the construction business in Montreal is run by the mob. Interesting. Literally, they're making people wear cement shoes if they don't do what they want. I want to find out that like the Montreal construction mob is like secretly run by like Joe Para. I want to find out something crazy and dark and corrupt was happening behind the scenes there. That would be fun. That'd be fun to see. I would watch that show. Yeah, they say that the government has no control over it. And so that's why like the it can take so long. And then when they build, they build like kind of like shoddy structures so that they have to then rebuild, like so that it's a continuous business. But it's like a known thing in Montreal. It's something they, they just talk about. It's known. They talk about it. 
and it's not going to change. That the construction business is all so dirty and they're just trying to make as much money as they can. <gasps> that is so dark and I want to know more. Google it. <laughs> Do we leave that as like a dramatic cliffhanger as we launch into the game? <laughs> I love it. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the rules are pretty simple. Lindsay's going to throw out three hypotheticals at us today. And it's just for us to talk it out. What's the least amount of money we'd accept to do the deed and then see how we compare with everyone listening along. Sound good? Yeah. Cool. Well, why don't you school us, Lindsay, with a little cue? I would love to. That was a bad segue. I liked it. What's your price to live one month a year in a college dorm building? One month a year in a college dorm building. I hate to be the one to need a bit more context or specificity, but like which dorm? Is the dorm like housed or is it haunted? <laughs> I lived in haunted dorms when I was in college. Was it fun or, or bad? No, it was interesting. So I went to UC San Diego, and so I lived in old military barracks. It was part of Camp Matthews, and it was a Marine Corps base for many decades or something like that or whatever. And so we lived in, like, renovated army barracks, and they were clearly haunted. When you say clearly, what does that mean? Did you see ghosts? Like the ghost of an officer, like, give me 30 push-ups. It's interesting. I don't have any ghost stories from there, but I do just know that it was like commonplace that everyone just talked about. Like this was a military base that we all lived in. So of course stuff happened here. I don't know. It was just always like owned that we lived in a haunted little town. I feel like if anyone was going to see a ghost, Aaron, that it would be you. You already know my big ghost story. I do. I was there for it, but we'll tell that story another time. I don't have a ghost story from there, but I do have a really funny story of how I embarrassed myself my first week in college living there. Tell it, tell it, tell it. I took a shower and I really wanted to be cool. And I got out of the shower and there was this guy I really wanted to be friends with brushing his teeth. He had just got out of the shower. So he just had a robe around his waist and he's brushing his teeth and I'm brushing my teeth. And then I think to myself how awful it would be if I was brushing my teeth and spit what was in my mouth all over him because that would be so embarrassing. But that made me laugh so hard I did it. Aaron, you spit all over the guy that you wanted to be your friend? I'm just like that. And I just burst out laughing at the idea of how bad it would be if I did that. A week later, I did it a second time. We're brushing our teeth and I look at him and I think how much worse it would be. Same guy. Uh-huh. And I did a second time. He wound up being my best friend. That is so funny. But also that's such a sweet ending. He winds up being your best friend. That's amazing. It's a very cute meet cute. Okay, so Zainab, you brought up a good point, which is where it would be. Yeah, are we going like tuition's 25000 or is tuition like 80000 Are there a bunch of like rich private donors or are they dependent on the city? I can't get through this one without knowing my function. Am I there just to be a spy? Because if I'm going to be a spy, my, my fee is less because that's fun. I think it's your home. It's your base of operations one month a year, I think. And do I get to pick the month? That's important. Because if so, I choose June. When there's no kids. There's nobody there. But would you really want to stay in a dorm with no one there? It's just you and like 30 rooms? Bring your friends. You get to bring your friends. It's yours. Oh, wait. I could have all my friends come stay in the dorm with me? But why would they want to do that? It would have to be very appealing. Just to come hang out. You could have parties there and stuff like the empty dorms. Hey, guys, I know I'm 32, but let's throw a rock. <laughs> let's throw a rocking rave <laughs> on USC's campus. All you can eat cafeteria food. Hope you like casserole. Why don't we make it? It's, it's you're up to you once uh, once a year. You can choose when when it is and where you want to be. It could be a way to travel the world. You can go somewhere new every year at a different school. It's not so bad. There's a lot of people, by the way, when we pulled the audience, a lot of people commented on like, this isn't the worst living situation compared to like how some people live. And this isn't so bad. So maybe it's a way to just be a traveler. And, you know, you go to a college in Spain for that one month next year and this is covered. Choose really good stuff. And so this is every year for the rest of my life. One month a year you're living. It's your home. You're not stuck there. It's just where you're staying. Yeah, but for the rest of my life, because I'm trying to think of what's bearable to me in my 30s versus my 60s versus my 80s. That that, that really does change. And how portable is, like, how easy is it going to be when I'm 80 to just pack up and go to the dorm? Oh, interesting. It doesn't feel like it, it would be very fun at that point. Like, right now, I'm like, 
Sure. Yeah. I'll go to, to universities all over the world and stay in their fancy, fancy dorms. Or if like I have a family at some point, they're not going to want to pack up and come to the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to get more complicated as time goes on. So that's really something to consider in this fee. Like it'll have to be handsome enough for me to not have any qualms about it when I'm 80 and I just want to lay down and watch my stories. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, you might want to live near there. Like just live near a university. So it's just easy to transport there. I should just pre-warn you guys. Every single number I give is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> because when you ask me to sign up to do anything for life, that's a very hard thing for me to commit to. And so my numbers will be astronomical because I really don't like doing what I don't feel like doing. And I really can't predict what I won't feel like doing in the future. But if I don't feel like going to anybody's campus, if I only feel like staying in my house, then it's going to cost a pretty penny to get me to do something I don't want to do. <laughs> We're all about struggles with commitment and overspending here. So that's okay. When it's the rest of your life, that's a real consideration because you have to allot for anything that could come up along the way. You know what I mean? Travel. Like, God forbid something happens, you need to have a nurse with you. That's a whole other price to consider down the line. And work. Work loss, right? You have to turn down opportunities where you maybe can't make that trip because you need to be staying at that university that month. Exactly. That's what I, that, that was the first thing I thought about because when sometimes people try to book me for um, gigs internationally, and a lot of times they think that their rate is a reasonable rate. And I always have to say, well, when you're asking me to get on like a 15 hour flight, you're not also allotting for like two days before and after that I'll be away from home. And it's like those could be two days that I can do a whole nother job that could pay way more than, you know, and I always have to consider that because there have been times where I've been like in China or the Middle East. And then it comes across like, hey, can you can you do this one job in New York that pays this amazing amount of money for one day? And I'm like, damn, I'm in China. (laughs) And I thought this China gig was cool until you just told me about this gig. I think also too, when I think about dorms, I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't think comfort. Sure. Yeah. And I have to be honest with you. I have not been, fortunately, I have not had one of those like crazy, like roommate or lodging situations where I'm like, well, you know, from 21 to 25, we kind of all seven of us slept in the closet. Like, I don't know that life. (laughs) I'm one of 13. I had to share a room up until I was about 16 years old. And the moment that end, I bowed to never go back. So this doesn't appeal to me. That's reasonable. And it definitely sounds like it would be a little triggering, potentially. And are the beds twin sizes? Yo, because when you think of a, I'm even thinking, I'm thinking about the sheets and stuff they sell in Target for the college kids. Yo, that, no. Oh, dude, the first thing you do is you swing by some nice linen shop and you get like a Casper mattress delivered once a year, wherever you're going, like get good stuff. And then you push those twin beds together. You throw that Casper right on top. You got yourself a queen. Yo, doing that once a year, though? (laughs) (laughs) We could hire people to do it for you. That can go in this budget, too. Yeah, maybe you could hire your, like, yeah, your dorm designer to come in and make it feel luxurious. Okay, so we got to fold that into the cost. For bookings or any of our work or travels or anything, you just make sure you plan it out. So, like, next year, you know that you're going to stay at the best university in Shanghai. And so you're only doing Chinese bookings and dates and work that month there. And so maybe it amortizes some of the costs. But also if we need to travel, we can, right? Like it's like you're living anywhere. Like you go live somewhere for a month. You got to go do a job elsewhere. And then, you know, that's your home base. You come back there. It's home base. You're not trapped. Okay. Okay. That changes things. Millions at least. You would need millions? My number I immediately go to is like $15 million at least or like 20. It's like the work opportunities and losses, potentially the staff to do the moving in and out for each setup, making sure that I can furnish the place and then unfurnish it every month when I come in or a year. It'd probably be in June when there's no school. I love Lindsay's thought about that. I think making sure that I'm eating well. And if that means bringing in like, you know, do I have to bring a little renovation, a little kitchen renovation set up each time? And I know about you guys, but I'm going to get that bathroom scoured. Yeah, you're going to want to clean that up. Little shower scour. Yeah. 
I am going to want to host guests. I'm going to tell you right now, if I have a dormitory where it's all empty and it's fully available, I bet I have friends and family that just for the novelty of it would want to come along and visit free lodging anywhere in the world. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, you know, some universities are are gorgeous. You know, it might be nice to just like have free reign on an off off season where it's just summer kids. Most of them aren't staying on campus anyway. Exactly. Medical care, like you guys talked about when you get older for it, I'm going to say $20 million. Wow. Do you feel less self-conscious about whatever number you're going to say now? No, no, no. I actually did the math in my head, too. <laughs> I'm actually, <laughs> I was going to, at first going to say a million dollars per year for every year that I live. And I would just right now, just because I plan to live for a very long time, I would say that I'll live for 60 more years. Now that the parameters are, it's just my home base. I can leave there. I can da 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 Yeah, you're not a prisoner. I would not choose to stay while, I would want to stay while kids are there. I would never want to be in a building, in an empty building by myself where the bathroom is separate from the room. I, did, I don't know. I just feel like that is a horror movie waiting to happen. And we know what happens to people who look like me in horror movies. <laughs> so I would do half a, half a million for every, for the next 60 years. I would predict that I would live 60 more years. And so that's $30 million. Okay. I like it. By the way, you can book the hell out of those universities while you're there too. Oh, like perform? I know it's not like the ideal, but like you're right there. You can walk out in your pajamas across the hall and just have done a booking right there. Yo, but the best thing after you do a college is getting on a plane and leaving that town. Yeah, the best thing is getting out of there. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Now, dude, I never want to go up and do an hour show and then go back to the dorm with the kids. No, 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 no. You want to lay low. Yeah, definitely lay low, I guess. And just so you're just you're just going to throw on some college clothes and just really own it while you're there. Yeah, I mean, maybe even like I don't mind as long as I get my own room. I don't mind being amongst amongst the kids. Like, I, I think that I'm, I'm I think that I'm a pretty cool adult. I'm pretty good at establishing boundaries. It'll give me some really good material if there's people there versus not people there. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll gain some, you know, young peers everywhere I went. I'd probably vlog the whole thing. I'd end up selling the show about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> sure. I'm not taking less than $30 million to have to, to be obliged to do that for the rest of my one month out the rest of my life, $30 million. I think that makes sense. I like it. I think it's a really, really good fee. Okay. I loved college. I loved it. I wouldn't say that I peaked, but kind of. <laughs> I think part of me might really enjoy that. However, it may be a very rude awakening where like all the children are like, why is this woman in her mid thirties here? Why is she here? Like that would really hurt me because I'm expecting to go in and everyone to be like, oh, look at this fun 20 year old that's just like us. And then, I, you know, that mental process would be really hard for me. So then that's also therapy on top of all of it <laughs> of like, what is aging? You do like a professor, though. An authority figure. I'll take it. I love it. <laughs> but also like everything we talked about a month out of your life, having to be away and the complications that come with that. So I'm going to go 20 million. Did you say 20 million too, Aaron? Yeah, you know what? Imitation is the best form of flattery, so. It feels really right. I'm looking at you right now. I know everyone listening can't see you, but you wear 20 million well. Thank you <laughs> so much. Now I want to know what the audience said. I'm so curious. Okay, so we poll our listener base before the show. And let's see what we have here. So at the high, three people said $2 million each. Whoa. So that was the high in the audience. One person here said, to be honest, this sounds kind of fun. I have good memories of college, but my wife and hopefully future family would probably miss me during that month. So this is just to make up for that. Take them with you. At the low, two people said $0. One person said living in a dorm sounds fun, maybe a bit weird considering my age. So I take $0 as there's just <laughs> nothing they'll take to do this. Or is it that they would do it for free? They would do it for free. For free? Yeah. Because they're saying it sounds fun. Okay. A very fun-loving listener base we have. The average here was uh, pretty close to half a million dollars on average across the board. 15% said a million or higher. About 40% said under 100,000. People seem pretty okay with this. People seem to like this. I wonder what that says about where we're all at right now. It's just everyone's ready for this. Just go back to college. Another person here put $200,000 and said, it would be inconvenient, but not undoable. This is about four times my rent for half of a two-bed apartment. Would not want to deal with no kitchen, shared bathroom, and college noise. Yeah. Lori put a million dollars and said, hoping I can pick different colleges at different times of the year. Nice way to see the country. Yeah, I think we talked about that, Lori. That's There you go. I don't know if you guys weighed in on that, but I love the travel potential here. I love to travel too, but I have stayed in shitty hotels. 
average hotel, luxury hotel. And when you stay at a luxury hotel, you never want to go back. It's true. I'm not sure what everybody's life is like. And I do. When I remember when I first read the question, I was like, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But then I thought about it like, wait, the one month, 30 days for the rest of my life. (sighs) Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. Because once you choose that campus, like you might think that it's a good idea that that year, but it may not be. There's so much unpredictability. It's really going to screw you up with your image when we reveal that you're sitting in a college dorm right now talking with us, huh? <laughs> that really just shatters the whole illusion now. <laughs> or it'll make them know that I have $30 million in the bank. There we go. Heyo. Lindsay, you want to do the next question? What is your price to spend all federal holidays completely alone? Pandemic has given me a very different experience of being alone on holidays. So let's talk about it. (laughs) This is so easy for me. I just have one question. All federal holidays in a year or again for the rest of my life? It's for the rest of your life. Ooh. I'm glad it's federal and not national holidays because there's a lot of national holidays. I don't know if you guys know this. There's like countless. It's like every day is a like national hot dog day, like some bullshit like that. But what about this? What about the day you go into the agreement? What if another federal holiday, like just think about it. Just last year, Juneteenth was not a federal holiday. I think it's from the day you start the federal holidays from the end. That are on the calendar. If they let one go, you don't have to do it anymore. It's just the ones that they're honoring from the year that you start. Federal holidays, what? Martin Luther King's birthday, President's Day, Juneteenth, Columbus Day. I mean, these are all whack things. I have not said anything celebrate where you need to see nobody yet. I mean, have I? No. New Year's Day, Christmas. New Year's Day is a federal holiday. It's New Year's Eve that's not a holiday, but New Year's Day is a federal holiday. So then you go home right at 12.01. But like also the Christmas that's the federal holiday for... 2022, it's the Monday after. So you could still spend the Sunday of Christmas with your family. But it wouldn't matter to me because I'm Muslim. So I don't celebrate those holidays any that yo, yo, when I tell when I tell y'all this one is easy. <laughs> I'm Jewish, so I'm right there with you. So Lindsay, Lindsay, you're the one who has to bleed here. I mean, do I though? I grew up Catholic, but these aren't holidays that I, I mean it's more of like the tradition part of it but also if i want to sit and do like exchange gifts with my family on christmas i'll do it the day before or the day after it's like i'm not like if i don't do it on the made up day of jesus like you know what i mean like it doesn't really these things don't matter to me that much here's the thing to consider lindsay what about like i'm not sure if you guys are in relationships right now but what if those holidays are <laughs> What? Oh, Aaron. <laughs> what if those holidays are extremely significant to your partner or your future partner? Or if you have a child and you want to make them special for your child, future child. I don't have a child now. So if I agree to it today, they would just be brought into a world where we ain't tell- we not spending no time with nobody in. You know what I'm saying? They will be brought into that in the same way that a child is brought into the world practicing the things like that. I didn't miss Christmas because my parents never practiced it. Do you get what I'm saying? And although I knew it existed, but I have been in relationships with men. Like one of my ex-boyfriends, it was like a blessing to for him, for me to not care about those holidays because he was like, I, I have to spend Christmas and, and Thanksgiving with my grandmother. Like I have to. And I'm like, you can miss one. He was like, no, I like, no, no, no. It's a non-negotiable there's something to that. So what if your partner? I mean, that's a thing to consider. I mean, it wouldn't be that big of a deal to me, but holidays are so important to some people. Yeah. If you have the money where you're telling your boo, like, I can't join you, but I made $5 million for life just to put an expense for this. I'll buy you a nice thing. I can support us forever or at least for a little while. Yeah. I think there's something to be aware of. Also, it's worth saying a lot of people don't have family to be with at the holidays for holidays that they care about or the resources to get where they need to go. And I think that there's a lot to be said as well about, I feel like checking our privilege is way too heavy and loaded of a term, but like, you know, us being cognizant of the fact that like, it's not the worst thing ever to have self-reflection time and be in a position where you get to appreciate what you have. And I think it's easier for you and I, because (laughs) we live in a country that doesn't put our holidays on there. So it's not going to hit us as much, but 
I think that's interesting. Yeah, trying not to sound insensitive. I just think that federal holidays are whack. I think that if the question was, how much would it cost you to not spend your culture's holidays, then that's a very different question. But like federal holidays are, yo, I just named them Columbus Day. Columbus Day. Come on. <laughs> President's Day, Labor Day, all respect, like respect to, to to the people, to our people who are working, respect to our military, all of that. But the holidays, they're, they're, they're whack. They are whack. No, for sure. You can be mindful of Veterans Day without being around a crowd. You can still be mindful and appreciative. On 4th of July, I'll be in my house anyway because firecrackers be sounding like gunshots. It's a very bad day for dogs. I got COVID on the 4th of July. Oh my God, you did. Well, I got on the 3rd of July. I went. I thought I would be clever and go out to the beach the evening before and still the crowd got me COVID. But yeah, for dogs and pets and animals too, making sure you're home for them. That's what I've been doing anyway. I've spent the last few 4th of Julys just like with my boyfriend. I guess I wouldn't be able to do that, but whatever. Yeah, but isn't he Jewish? It's not easy. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like a lot of federal holidays aren't even tied to a religion or a faith. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's like just like American BS. It's barbecuing and having beers and hanging out. Like it's just different reasons to do that. Every single thing, aside from like, of course, you know, you like everybody appreciates that Monday off after a long weekend or whatever, right? That does help a lot. Although some people, it's very frustrating because oh, I have a day off to not go to work, but all the things I have to do, I can't do because the federal holidays are, the post office closed, the bank is closed. But I think that everything, every act of like socialization, every act of love and camaraderie and fellowship, those can happen any day of the year, any day of the week. You want to see your family plan something. Hell yeah. You do not need Uncle Sam to set aside a day for you. You don't need it. Not even Uncle Sam, right? Because there's different federal holidays in every country. Yeah. It's really just commodifying our need to show and express love and fellowship with our families and friends. That's really what it is when we think about it. We should be boycotting federal holidays, period, just off the strength. <laughs> well, it'd be nice if you got like a pool for yourself when like companies would give you like they give you vacation days, just add a little more to that and be like, yeah, you can work on a federal holiday. And that happens with companies all the time where like you have to work on a federal holiday also and then you get like a comp day. You choose which days matter to you and are like meaningful, personal, spiritual or connective or family time. Yeah. I don't even know what I said, but I just wanted to follow your energy. <laughs> I see what you're going with. I like it. I don't know. Do we want to drop some bucks? Yeah, this doesn't feel like the hugest of deals to me. Obviously, I don't love that I would be agreeing to there being certain days I would have to be alone. Like, what if something comes up and I'm sad? But I guess you can schedule around it. But you tell them you got paid for it and they'll understand. Yeah, totally. It would have to be enough that like missing a birthday or a friend is is struggling and that I can't go see them because it's my federal holiday I agreed to be alone on. That would be hard. So I don't want there to be preordained days that I can't see anyone because who knows what life will bring to you on those days. So for that, I feel like that's that's the real thing that I would want to be compensated for is having these days where I can't possibly be there for someone that may need me for whatever reason. I'm going to say $500,000. Okay. This is like my spirit is saying, girl, you don't need nothing. This is This is a come up for you. <laughs> to have a legitimate excuse to tell people, oh, no, sorry, you know, I can't see you today. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. But consulting my attorney in my head, I would never agree to anything for free. So I'd say like $3 million. And here's why. Because like I said, it's the rest of my life and you don't know anything can change. Mm. And it may cause, it may disrupt something that I cannot foresee. And... I also think about, I may have to, like when I have children on those days that I can't be with anybody, I'd have to pay for a sitter to take my kids Yeah, for those like 11 days a year for like in, for 18 years. Sorry, dear mommy signed a contract. Oh, but here's <laughs> here. But before you go, Aaron, here's a dilemma, Lindsay. What if you're pregnant and your water breaks on one of those holidays? Sorry, you got to grab onto something. 
and you got to make it happen by yourself, like an ancient woman in the woods holding a tree. Is there no stipulation for childbirth? (laughs) Is there no stipulation if you need medical attention? There's got to be a stipulation for medical attention. I mean, we're not trying to die. Yeah, I bet you nobody thought of that. Medical attention is allowed and you can make up the day later. That's what I've decided because we don't die for this. This is not a, we're not dying for this thing. Sorry. I think what you have to do is you just have to time it out. You have to plan it. When you're working on conceiving, you got to really just look at the federal holidays. But it's on one day. You can't know that thing. You never know when it's going to happen. Thankfully, we don't have to resolve this one, but I think maybe that's the the workaround is you're getting a big payday. You use that towards getting just a fertility consultant to work with you to try your best to optimize it. And if not, that's what contractual amendments are for. I froze my eggs a couple of years ago. I know how much fertility consultants cost. If we, if we bring in on con- fertility consultants, it got to go up way more than $3 million. Oh, it's insane. I think that this is worthwhile. If you, you brought up a really good point about that, I think that that got to get factored in. Then we're throwing too many asterisks. If you're making this agreement, let's add that cost in to help with those variables. I'll bump it up to $5 million because my body, my choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going $2 million because I'm thinking fertility. I mean, it may not even be an issue for me at this point because I'm already 36, but maybe I want to get a surrogate. Let's plan ahead. Yeah. I think anyone should build in like at least a million dollars just for medical emergencies because we may have just because you got you have to any person like we're thinking about women's things. But I'm just thinking about anything that you may have to plan around in life as we get older. You may have to just plan around. It may be like an inconvenient, you know? Yeah, it's going to really suck if you have like a medical emergency on one of those days and you have to wait until midnight to go get treatment. So you definitely want to have resources available gosh i could go to school and learn how to operate on myself <laughs> see i was going to say one hundred twenty thousand dollars because for me the unfortunate loss is i wouldn't be present with my partner in that case but if i can afford things for us fine from this agreement but yeah i think the idea of being like 75 and having an emergency and and i mean the deal and i had to sell out for that trade-off makes me not want to say one hundred twenty thousand now it makes me want to say 12 million. Like I'll just multiply it by a bunch just for the inconvenience of it. Yeah. I'll, I'll round it to clean 15. I'm going to say $15 million, which is a huge change from my 120. I was going to say because of that point. I definitely think most of these things, when you ask about it, like when you think about it, even the dorm situation, like when I think about it, just in what, like a short term, a short term time frame, it's very doable. But the moment you start thinking about it, in long term, you know, like years and years and years from now, and what could potentially change, it really does make the cost go up. You never know. Anything could happen. Yeah. Let's see what our listeners thought about this. Yeah. Okay. So the high, two people put $2 million. Okay. So that was right with you, Lindsay. Gosh, I thought I was judging you guys so hard for your numbers. And then you brought up reasonable thoughts. And then (laughs) (laughs) three people put $0. They said, I spend holidays alone anyway. But will they always? You know what I mean? It's hard to say forever. You never know. But also, why not get paid for it? I go to the gym. But if somebody was like, we'll pay you to go to the gym, I'll be like, I go anyway. Yeah, I'll take the money. Yeah. I think it all changes things up when you think about what alone means, that it's not just alone with loved ones. I think we think that that's what alone would mean. And you start to think about medical and other things. It's very interesting. The average across the board was about a million dollars. Eight percent of the audience said no amount of money to get them to do this. Okay. They know themselves. 15% said a million or higher. About half our audience was under 100,000. That's surprising. <laughs> I'm going to read two examples with the number five in it. We'll start with five and then we'll do 500,000 and we'll wrap it up with those two. One person put $5 and said, federal holidays alone count no one contacting you. Sounds like an absolute win. Okay. So they want to be left alone. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then Eva put half a million and said, as long as someone sends me the ceremonial start of summer hot dog, I'm good. You know your priorities, Eva. Good for Eva. <laughs> Get that girl a hot dog. Zainab, if you're ready, we're at the end of this sprint. We're at the last question. Okay. So I'll just take a breath and dive in. Speaking of breaths, did it. Nailed it. Ooh, good one. All right. What's your price to consistently inhale balloon helium whenever you speak publicly? 
All right. So I was thinking about this and I even Googled (laughs) to see if it was dangerous, like if it could cause any sort of medical harm doing that on a consistent basis. (laughs) And sucking helium out of a balloon is like the safest way you can do it. If you suck it directly out of a gas tank, you can basically cause embolism in your throat. I mean, literally die in seconds if you do it right out of of a gas tank. You can, it's, it's completely different doing it from a balloon than doing helium from a tank. And I feel like this is also like my Slumdog Millionaire moment. You know what I'm saying? Like I looked it up for this podcast, but then in the future, it's going to come in handy. It's going to save mine or somebody's life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think that it would be funny. Most people are not doing a lot of public speaking, right? So this may not be a big deal to people because how many times does the average person have to speak publicly in their lives, right? Isn't it the greatest fear? Like people are more afraid of that than death or something? Yeah, which is so crazy to me as a stand-up comedian. (laughs) (laughs) People are like, oh my God, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, it's not rocket science. They're like, it kind of is. I'm like, all right. So I think for me, it starts out as like funny. The audience would be more annoyed than the person that has to speak with a squeaky voice, right? Yeah. It seems like a really, it seems like something that could be fun and in turn annoying for the people that's trying to hear what you got to say. Like, we get it. But then I think about my profession and I am a stand-up comedian. First of all, as an actor, I would lose every job. No, they have ADR. So as long as you're okay, just with the aesthetic presence, but someone else, right? Because you could be on set it with helium in your voice, but then you could go in the studio booth alone and re-record and redub yourself in private. And do you know how much ADR costs? If you think any production is like, yeah, we'll take this actress and da 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 No, they're not doing that. Maybe they'll do that for Meryl Streep or, but they're not just like, yeah, that's something that we're, we're, we're fine with doing. I don't think so. I agree. I think they'll just find another good actress who can speak regular. <laughs> so it would t- completely it would completely bring a halt to my acting career. <laughs> this particular thing, if I were not in entertainment, I would say very little money. But this would alter my entire career. Yeah. And because it would alter my entire career, it would alter my livelihood in a much more impactful way than anything that we've talked about. And so this number has to be the number that I believe I will make in my career. Mm. And so that's what I'm considering because that's how drastically this would change my life specifically. But it's also, it's not just how much you would make. It's what was that dream worth to you? Yeah. And giving it up. And what was that? So you don't see it as a challenge. You're not going to be like, you know what, damn it. I'm going to sound like Minnie Mouse and I'm going to thrive. No, that's not the adversity that I want. (laughs) (laughs) I got enough already. I'm not trying to. No. (laughs) But also, obviously, stand-up comedy is public speaking. But like, if I'm giving a speech at a wedding, I guess that would, would count as well. If I'm at a dinner where there's a lot of people, like when is public? What is public? I think it's when you're on a platform. Yeah. I think if you're soapboxing, if you're if you're pontificating in front of an audience directed at you. Yeah. I mean, I think if more than three people are looking at you while you're talking, like I think that's a that's public speaking. Yeah. 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 I think Lindsay, I think you could get some weird jobs. Like you could work at an airline and be the person making the announcements and technically that's public speaking. So it could be yeah. in like a high voice saying like, now boarding for Tucson. Wait, that was kind of good. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so neither of you are worried about the medical side. I mean, I also read up on it and it seems like it's not that dangerous to have a balloon, but you could still faint from the lack of oxygen. So you could like hit your head or something. So I guess you sit in a chair when you would publicly speak. That's the trade-off. Wow. Yes. But I, what trumps like the possibility of fainting, because like I could also faint from not eating. I could also faint from having the low iron count. Right. I could. But, so just for me, it's just it would just it would it would alter my life in such a drastic way. Mm-hmm. I'm planning on a kind of like late in life speaking career. And I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but it'll be it'll change people's lives. Well, does this count? Like there's an audience listening to this right now. Is this public speaking? And right now it's just the three of us, but. Well, I don't think so because right now it's not, but it will be eventually. When we do live events though, that's. When we do the show live, that would be one thing, but I think this is a different story. 
I think so much of a successful career, regardless of what it may be, will involve speaking to groups. Even if you're a CEO and addressing your company, then you're the helium person. Maybe we stipulate it. Maybe we say public speaking is speaking in front of a group of 50 or more. Okay. Because that the likelihood of that for a lot of people is, is minimum. That's not a lot of teachers do that. Professors do that. Yeah, yeah. But like the average person, the person that's like the accountant doesn't do that. The a lawyer does have to do that. They have a jury. They have a courtroom. They have a. Do you get what I'm saying? It's a performance thing. You have to have a performance audience, an assembly of people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so speaking at a wedding, still. Yeah, speaking at a wedding, definitely. I think that that's how people would a big dinner, a bank. You know, like I think that that's how people when they when you think of public speaking, that's what people think about. They don't think like, oh, it's just five people. I was just telling a story in my living room. You know, they're not thinking about that. No, no, no. If you're shooting like a single cam sitcom and there's just like crew hands on set and then the talent and your production, like the production heads, that's not really an audience. Yeah. Also, most of them aren't paying attention to what the hell you're doing anyway. There's like three people that really care. That aren't really actually listening. It's like the person, the script supervisor and the other actor are the only ones that actually hear what you're saying. Everyone else is just waiting for like meal breaks. Yeah, totally. So that, that actually really limits it which for Aaron and I is it's less of a big deal but for you Zainab because that is so much of what you do it's a big deal oh yeah I'm in front of at least 50 people every night at least I want you to do it and I want to see the biopic of the comedian (laughs) who rose up against all odds and became helium voiced and just conquered regardless (laughs) and it would start out like and I would be in one chair and it would be black and white and I would be like I used to think my biggest issues were being a black woman in America but no (laughs) the helium voice is what I had to overcome and then a very pushy very loud Jewish man (laughs) offered me money in a hypothetical situation I said you know what let's do it he said I can make an act of this kid I would watch this movie this sounds great to me So first of all, I kind of now want to start a YouTube channel of redubbing like speeches. Like I want to do like Clint Eastwood talking to the Obama chair, but with helium voice. Like I want to see like famous speeches done that way. Yeah. I'd look at that a few times. It would get old. Anything gets old after a few times. No, no, not everything gets old. It's a one note gag. Yeah. Thank you with a smile and encouraging words. You both really <laughs> took my idea, my pitch, and just gave me a lot of quote unquote constructive criticism that it defined why I'm crying myself to sleep tonight. Thanks. <laughs> I would need a billion dollars. I like it. I like it so much. Here's why, right? I was actually going to be humble and I was going to say 500 million. And then right when I thought about 500 million, I'm like, but Rihanna didn't make all her money from singing. She started a cosmetics line Mm -hmm. and a lingerie line. And that's how she got. But none of that comes without Rihanna singing. And I'm like, so I'm thinking about stand up, but I'm not thinking about all of the potential that may come from that. The things that I may create having a platform that I've been garnered. With that seed. So I have to say a billion dollars to drastically halt the life path that I'm on. You don't think Gwyneth Paltrow would have thrived with Goop if she hadn't been an actress? No. (laughs) I went to the Goop store this weekend and that store is very goopily curated. It's fascinating to be in there. I'm like, oh, that's what they're doing. But also wouldn't have existed without Emma or the other movies she did that were good, I'm sure. Lindsay, you live in the Bilski also, or are you? Oh, no, no. I'm not in a Bilski because I don't think that my public speaking would get me there. So I don't think it's that. But also, like, I don't know where my life will lead and I don't want to be limited in that way. I don't know what's going to happen. If for some reason, public speaking on some level, for some reason. We all know there's a TED Talk in you. There's at least two TED Talks in me and I don't know what they would be about, but they would be viral hits. The viral hits, they build Brene. I didn't know Brene Brown before a TED Talk. Yeah. She existed doing what she did, but a TED Talk going viral. And then that, now we have the brand that is her 
It all came from a TED Talk. If she had a helium voice, it wouldn't have gone the same. No. Her ideas would have been completely discounted. Right. So, you know, allotting for the fact that I don't know what my platform would be, I'm going to say, to be limited in that way, I'm going to say $10 million. Because I don't know. Because, I, you know, maybe my career won't depend on any sort of public speaking. But maybe it will. And I don't want to be limited like that. So I'm just going to say $10 million just to cut that baby off. I like that. Can I snip a little clip of that baby and just take a two-ski? You want to take a two-mil? Just a two-mil. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Just a dash of what you got there. Yeah, okay. Okay. By the way, the Bernie Brown TED speech would also go on my YouTube channel in which I pitch everyone up to sound like they're on helium just out of curiosity. <laughs> a very strange experience. Just out of curiosity, I'd want to know now. Can I follow if she sounds like that? If you had these amazing ideas, maybe you could hire someone to be your public speaker. Ooh. But then you have to fold in whatever salary that it would cost. And then the bigger, bigger, bigger they got, how much it would cost to keep them and still to sustain you. There's creative workarounds. You could pre-record your speech and just lip sync to it. And part of the lip sync speech is you stop for a moment and speak for real out of a helium thing, just so people understand what they would otherwise have. There's a lot of ways around it. There's some very interesting answers here in the audience poll. So the high was a billion dollars. Ah, so I don't feel alone. Wow. Rich said, you can't pay me enough and linked an article from the National Institute of Health about the bodies of two college students found inside a giant helium balloon in Florida. But that's not the situation. We're not breathing pure helium. We're taking little bits of helium in. Rich, we really appreciate that you're engaged with us as a listener and that you have these thoughts. (laughs) And we love that you shared this interesting link. And we really value you for your opinion who you are. We just think that that's just interesting, Rich. Thanks, Rich, for this article. (laughs) Rich, that was rich. (laughs) The low, two people put $5,000. They're fine with it. They'll just do this. They're ready. Ready to go. The average across the audience, though, was $53.5 million. And I think Rich helped with that. Mm. Skewing that average. About 15% of our audience said no amount of money would do it. One person said helium is a seizure trigger for me. Fair. 44% of our audience was over a million. Okay. I like that. About a quarter, about 20%, was under $100,000. One person here put $30 million and said, quote, I'm going to need rules for this one. Does consistently mean doing it once at the start of every speech, or does it mean doing it consistently throughout? So my voice stays high the whole time. It's throughout. They answered their own question. Yeah, they talked about the health risks here. And I think there's something important for us here, too, which is asking a lot of money for it is important because helium shortages are very real. There's massive helium shortages. Oh, yeah. You got to provide your own helium. I mean, think about that. You got to have that. But also with the war in Ukraine, apparently Russia one of the was one of the world's top suppliers of helium, which is used in the medical field. Oh, wow. I never knew. There's been shortages of helium, too, for like MRI machines and stuff. But as we wrap it up, I do want to share with you one interesting thing, which is helium. It's lighter than air, so sound moves faster in it. So that's why it's higher pitched when you inhale it and talk. Whoa. It's a little fun fact. It's like if public speaking is one of the biggest fears for people, public speaking with a cartoony type voice just adds to that anxiety. Distress because it's not even your voice something to consider. There's a lot there. Yeah. Okay. Well, one thing we have to consider is that we've reached the end. Zainab, this has been very fun. This has been fantastic. We're at the awards, which is just a really quick stop where we look at the total that our audience was pulled today, the average for what they would have to be paid to do all three tasks, what the three of us would have to be paid to do all three tasks and see how we stack up. So there's a couple of awards that Lindsay and her wonderful awards voice will be doling out for us now. Okay. It's really just my regular voice. (laughs) And I like your regular voice. But it's also my awards voice. And I like that about myself. So our audience average which is just the total of our polled listeners, well, the average, is $54.9 million. Then we have the Lowly Liam Award, which are the people that were under the polled listener average. And the Lowly Liam Award goes to Lindsay and Aaron today. I'm at $32 million, and Aaron is at thirty-seven. Million. We were Look very how close, close we were. today. That's nice. I know. Little buddies. But then we have the Highly Kylie Award. And that goes to Zainab at 
$35 million today. She ain't no cheapo. Nope, not today. (laughs) I love that. Congratulations. The Highly Kylie is to me the most coveted award. I always am aiming for it. It's a good payday. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) We loved having you. This was really fun. Thank you. Yeah, what's going on after this? What can people be looking out for? Yeah, I mean, I have live shows that I would love for people to check out. Uh, All the dates are on my website, which is ZainabJohnson.com, Z-A-I-N-A-B Johnson. I'll be in Atlanta September 10th doing a show. Go to my website, like really, really go to my website and see when I'm coming to a city near you and come out and check out a live show where you will hear this voice, a regular voice. But if you bring a prepackaged balloon and you've listened to this podcast, I'll take a little bit of the balloon and do a joke on stage and a healing voice. That's an incentive if I've ever heard one. Yeah. For real. <laughs> You're going to see me and Lindsay now showing up there with balloons. <laughs> yeah. So just come out and see me in a live show. I, I, I love that. And on social media, it's Zane F. Johnson. Amazing. For anyone who hasn't seeing you. I mean, you're just so talented, amazing, hilarious. So thank yeah. you. Thank Zainab you. Live is an experience everyone should have. So go do it. When you're public speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so fun. Thanks, Zainab. Thank you. Thank you. Linz, can I ask you a question? Yes, I do have a crush on Zainab. I didn't need to ask you that to know the truth. Whenever somebody is uh, (laughs) tricked into marrying me at some point, would you mind doing a wedding speech for us with a little helium balloon mouth voice? It would be my honor. It would go a little something like this. Love is a great mystery in this world. It is hard to find. It hides from you. It's a little elf that does not want to be found. And my friend Aaron found that little elf in a beautiful woman named... Rebecca. I love it. You know what else we love? Making this show. You know what we love even more? How much our listeners love playing along. If you out there want to join in the fun, run as fast as you can to your nearest browser and let us know your worth. We're always putting up new polls over at humanvaluespodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode or if you like this little show we make, please spread the word. We really appreciate it so much. And if you mention Human Values Pod on Instagram or the TikToks, or if you leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app and, oh, I don't know, give us a rating while you're there because that would just be the best thing ever, we'll maybe choose you for a shout out in the episode. Hey, Lindsay, you want to cook dinner with me? I'm hungry, yes. All right. What do we want to have on some dishes? I know we're in the credits here, so let's just think about what we would have for dinner with the credits. I know that you would definitely have us, your hosts, Lindsay Hicks and Aaron Room and Corny. And then you would definitely have on the side a special thanks to our guest this week, Zainab Johnson. But how do you make the lead dishes and what would you serve for dessert? For dessert, I would probably have a little bit of lead producer, which is Rob Goldman. And then on top of that, I would want to have some producers, which would be Shanti Brooke and Aaron Rubin Corny. And then on the side, just in case, I would want to have the editor. That's Andrew Sims. And then for a little beverage, I would want to have an engineer, Jason Portizo. Sounds refreshing. And then the table that holds us all is our music by Omer Benzvi. And I'm looking at the menu here. It says all information, research, and advice shared on today's episode was expressed for entertainment purposes only. Statements provided by the Human Values host, production team, and guests should not be taken as professional advice or fact. Mozzarella cheese deep fried and Caesar salad. And also Human Values is a human content production. Wow, that sounds great. Dinner time. Ding, 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 ding.